Hello and welcome back to the Sports Map Podcast. My name's Nick Kane. Today we'll be offering up uh, one of our new editions of a podcast snippet, which is somewhat of a throwback to some of our past content. And in today's snippet, we'll be um, hearing again from Hamish McCauley, who Hamish is a gun sports physio uh, with a really interesting shoulders. He's worked through uh, a range of elite sports uh, in rugby, from all the way from the Wallabies to Canberra, uh, professional rugby teams and the Geelong Cats in the AFL as the head physio there for a number of years. Uh, Hamish uh, has a fantastic practical take on how to manage shoulder instability. Uh, and I thought uh, just some of this information he has in our prior podcast will be really informative for our listeners. It's just a, it's a 15-minute grab of some uh, key points to take away from uh, Hamish's chat. And feel free to obviously go back and listen to the entire uh, podcast in some of our early episodes. What are some of the keys, like if we talk through maybe just one or two sort of really key components in that mid-stage um, that you're looking at, both type of exercise and, and what sort of targets are we looking at through that early phase that you think is some really clear um, expectations on, a, on an athlete? Yeah, so I guess if we're looking at when we start to actually have to load the, load the shoulder and looking at function of the shoulder, I try and simplify it in terms of the shoulder has to push and pull with elements of rotation. So that's generally how I address it. I do try and address it as much as I can from a, I guess, a a kinetic chain element so that you're getting the kinetic chain to help to um, unload the shoulder, so to speak, but also recruit those muscles in a normal movement perspective rather than training muscles. Um, Obviously, early on in our rehabs post-op, we always look at, okay, well, we've got to get some external rotation, internal rotation strength, um, and then we've got to get flexion and extension and those sorts of things. But as we know from, say, Karen Jin's studies on EMG research, looking at the posterior cuff and the anterior cuff, our push activities preferentially target the posterior cuff, whereas our pull activities preferentially target the anterior cuff. So I think there's lots of ways that we can target shoulders without having to look at just isolating things. So I do look at trying to, rather than doing, say, like a wall push-up or something like that, I do look at trying to do something like a step and punch where you're incorporating uh, the glute working, some rotation through your thoracic and getting some movement through that body to facilitate that shoulder to work in a normal way that the brain recognises um, rather than trying to break it down, which sometimes can make it a lot harder for that shoulder to work if that if that makes sense. So in order to, that I've got some confidence that the shoulder is ready to do that, often our pull activities are a lot easier for the shoulder to tolerate before you're looking at push activities. Um, so you want to have a comfortable and fairly normalised cuff uh, in neutral before you start those so that just means that they've got to be able to tolerate some cuff loading in neutral it doesn't mean they have to be strong in a neutral position it just means they have to be able to tolerate that within normal parameters and that gives you some confidence that you can start some push pull uh, and then i look at moving up into overhead pull overhead push and then out into um, those uh, I guess, for risky positions, so for your anterior dislocators, out into that apprehension position, for your posterior dislocators, across into those internally rotated flex and adducted positions. So looking at gaining, you know, normal function, functional strength through range before then starting to look at um, power, plyometric, uh, perturbation, reactionary type drills. Okay, so you're bringing in your push and pull, obviously when you feel like they're, they're tolerating load in that cuff or timeframes, give or take, what are your expectations on that? Just give our listeners a bit of a, a guide on when you're often starting, you, mainly you're pushing because I know some often will, will hold pushing really, really late and, and probably unnecessarily. 
Well, absolutely. And obviously it's it's surgeon dependent as well. So the surgeon's got to be on board when they're happy with you starting on um, some loading type activities. Um, but as I said, if I'm if I can have uh, so the patient uh, doing external rotation exercises and a fairly normalised cuff in a neutral position, that gives me confidence they're okay for some push because the external rotators are preferentially used with push activities. Um, it's not always a blanket rule. Um, as we know, shoulders can be a tricky joint and we've seen, um, uh, you know, in a lot of our athletes, shoulders are a type of joint that can really uh, compensate under duress. So if you look at, I've seen um, high-level, wallaby-level um, rugby players with auxiliary nerve palsies and they've got no deltoid yet it doesn't change in terms of their shoulder function out on the field um, and in terms of their gym function they've got 80 90 percent strength um, and obviously we've seen that with suprascapular nerve palsies um, i've seen a few with uh, coming back from scapular fractures that have got still quite weak external rotation because of a scapular of, of a suprascapular nerve palsy um, but they've got normal function and it doesn't impede them on the field so that's one of the tricky things I do find with shoulders is that it's not just tick this box then tick this this box and then move through it you can have a number of moving targets at the same time um, so unfortunately there's not the uh, the nice graded progression that we can do with certain other things now this podcast snippet with Hamish uh, comes in a timely manner with the pending release of his masterclass on rehabilitation of shoulder instability that uh, Hamish took us through and it was a, a super valuable uh, process. Uh, I learned heaps having been there to, to look over what Hamish does and he, and he takes us through all the way from early rehab to end stage for the contact shoulder. Uh, a wealth of experience so I encourage you to head over there and have a look at his latest masterclass for those who love shoulders there's also uh, a recent one with Belinda Hurdy on rotator cuff in uh, tennis players and also one coming up uh, for the upper limb people with interest in sports upper limb from Leanne Bissett on the lateral elbow so plenty of upper limb content there that sort of marries on with uh, all the lower limb stuff we have in there that's it's super sport specific so uh, hope you enjoy and enjoy our snippet today. And and on that greater progression, moving again, people are probably holding off a, a long time before we're sort of pushing overhead. And you mentioned your overhead pulling into your overhead yep. pushing. Do you want to give us a couple of examples of type of exercises you're, you're doing there and, and how you bring that in? Uh, yep. So overhead pull, um, I generally start with a banded overhead pull, whether it's a double arm or single arm. Reason being is because it guides that movement um, and it's a light uh, resistance up into that outer range and a heavier resistance when it's down by the side, okay? And it actually helps patients to guide that movement into a full upward rotation, all right? And that's one of the, the key things that we're often looking at with shoulders um, is guiding that scapula into a nicely up, upwardly rotated position for function because... As soon as you start to lift that arm, you need that shoulder blade to move into an upward rotated position. So you need to train that. Uh, and I find that's a really nice way to start that. You can also look at facilitating other exercises such as um, rolling a ball on a desk or on the floor and adding squats and those sorts of things to it, squats or lunges. Okay, so again, that's more, I think of that as more of a facilitating type exercise. There's, I guess, two of the ways that I look at getting people into overhead. And then once they're tolerating that, then I'll start looking at adding some load. And again, with your with your push load, once they're tolerating 
push loading at a shoulder a shoulder level. I like to go from and again, there's lots of different options, and different patients will uh, prefer different options, such as a you know a push up like a bench push up or a, or a knee push up compared to a floor press with some light dumbbells, um, compared to using a band with a step and punch. Um, and then I often like to go to more of a 45 degree angle, so looking at something like a landmine. So again, you can then facilitate that shoulder to work by getting the patient to to lunge and press almost, okay, or similar to say like a, a wall slide where you're sliding um, a towel up a wall and you can get the patient again to lunge and step up at the same time. So that helps to facilitate that movement. Um, and then once you're, you're happy with that, then they often just then drop into some loading exercise after that, something you know, simple dumbbells overhead and those sorts of things.